guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Arsenio's ESL Podcast. Here we go, a gateway to life skills in the world of work. Succeeding in interviews. Guys, this is a two-part. I'm going to give you the do's and don'ts as, uh, as well as some of the questions that I will be discussing in this podcast. However, for those of you who want additional information, who want to hear the interviews, who want to know about planning and, you know, a couple of other things in terms of things to avoid, there is another lesson on top of this lesson on my Patreon. Now, remember, the gold badge will have just the article and everything I've written down. Now, the silver badge will have the audio and the article. And, of course, the gold badge will have the article, the audio, and the video, as well as a few other things. Okay, now remember to take advantage of this time. You only have about five days left, and then comes the charge. So make sure you tune into my Patreon to see if you like it and whatnot. All right, so here we go. Have you ever had an interview? Ask yourself, when and what for? I'm going to give you my first couple of interviews and how I aced them. And then I'm going to tell you a couple of ways how I bombed the only interview in my life here in Thailand in Bangkok. Because I ended up criticizing my employer at the time. But you know what? Let me first start off at my first interview. Now remember, I was already an interesting character. Right? I had already uh, traveled to Australia for a good two-week trip. It was one of the most life-changing trips ever. And then a year later, I love it because I go into this dental office and I see this guy. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know. He's American. Let's just say he's American. But his heritage, is, he has, he's like Indonesian and French. It's amazing. He speaks French too. His name was Emil. There was a girl by the name of, oh my God, Claudia, I think. Mexican-American working at the front desk. I remember him giving her a dirty look and not even acknowledging me. And I'm just looking at the interaction because I'm so good with people. Man, this was, this was nine years ago. You could only imagine how good I am now. So he walks around from around the, ca- uh, the counter, walked around the backside, walked through the, you know, past the, the, the bathroom. He's like, hey, how you doing, Arsenio? I'm like, yeah, nice to meet you, Emil. I'm Arsenio. He's like, hey, nice to meet you too. Come on back. So I sat down and I can't remember, but all I remember was when he said, so tell me about yourself. And see, this is when I flourish. This is when I can open the floodgates to, <gasps> whoa. You see what I mean? And so, yeah, I have to be very careful with that because now if I ever get interviewed again, which won't happen unless like, I don't know, radio show hosts or people who want my voice on some kind of movie or some kind of game, if they interview me and say, hey, would you like to do an audition for this and that? I have no idea. But the thing is, you have no idea what kind of emails I'm getting now. It's crazy. But nonetheless, let's stay on topic here. (sighs) It's a great time for me to showcase who I am. Hey, you know, born and raised here in Las Vegas, uh, you know, I just finished dental assistant and I was able to travel to Australia uh, a couple of times already where I will possibly be going to extend my dental assistant career and stuff like that. Now, is that a little bit dangerous? Yes, because if they're looking for someone who's more of a long-term position type of person, hearing and telling them, hey, yeah, in a year's time I'm leaving, that's probably not the best thing. So I would avoid that. However, I told him about my travels to Australia in general. I don't remember having that fire in me already to tell people, hey, I'm moving to Australia. It wasn't until probably uh, February of the following year uh, that I said, yep, I'm moving here for sure. 
Oh, as a matter of fact, no, I had already known that I was going to be moving there. But nonetheless, I didn't tell him. So the interview was great. I went back home. He said, okay, we'll call you in a few days. And he said he interviewed about four other people. And of course, Emil, you know, him being the person he is, perfect pearl white teeth, works out like crazy. This guy's a beast. And so he says he interviewed women and the women were digging him, meaning they were liking him instead of focusing on the job. So he's like, you know what? That would be problematic. So I remember getting that phone call. Hey, Arsenio. Hey, Samuel. Um, hey, uh, glad to have you on, man. We'd love to uh, employ you as a dental assistant here. I was like, yeah! that was my first fucking job, baby. I was so, so happy. Anyways, the job ended up being very, very difficult because I was a dental assistant slash anesthetist, an anesthesiologist assistant. So my very first um, patient was a very, very combative patient with Tourette's. He was jumping all over the counters. I said, man, is this an insane asylum? I can't do this. And, you know, the dental, the, the, the anesthetist at the time, along with the dentist, they were like, dude, just calm down. He's one of our, you know, he's one of the most combative patients and this and that. It was just... It was a hell of a journey going through that. And, you know, the endless hours that I had to put in. And then ultimately it sucks because I ended up, like, going away and whatnot, you know, because, hey, differences happen. I wasn't getting enough work. I needed more work because I needed to fulfill that dream of making that money, saving up 5000 USD just in time so I could move to Australia, which I did May of 2011. You know, so of course that was more foreshadowing for the couple years to come and whatnot, going back to moving here to Thailand in May. But nonetheless, that was my first interview there. You know, I had two more interviews in the heart of Melbourne, uh, one place uh, in Footscray. Uh, so for those of you in Melbourne who listen to this podcast, yeah, Footscray, they're very notorious. At nighttime, the druggies come out at the train stations and they shoot up. Shoot up meaning they inject themselves with all types of drugs. But nonetheless, while I was there... You know, I encountered, you know, a couple of crazies. Uh, but nonetheless, I went to this interview. I did great. I stayed there only two weeks. They underpaid me, and I had to work like 12 hours with no break. I was a slave, and they were mistreating me. I was like, this is dog. So I ended up moving. I had another interview with this lady by the name of Susan Blanchard who ran a dental temp agency out there. Success. Okay, went to other places. Didn't work. Went to Sydney. Um, oh, my God. So many different things. Let's just say... Every interview I ever had up until, of course, uh, December of 2017 was a massive success, you know, uh, especially out there in Australia. I remember sitting down with uh, probably the third worst human being I've ever met in my life. I swear. I swear. Her name was uh, Philippa Sawyer. She is a pediatric dentist in the heart of Crow's Nest, which is just north of Sydney. It's kind of near North Sydney or basically in North Sydney. But um, – she called me the night before. She's like, hey, is this Arsenio? I said, this is Arsenio. She said, hey, this is Philippa Sawyer with the dental, uh, pediatric dental practice. I would love to interview you. I said, hey, I'm arriving tomorrow. She's like, can you, can you come tomorrow? I was like, yeah, what time? Two, uh, was it 2 p.m.? I said, okay, good. Or I think it was two days out. I can't remember. No, nah, I think it was in the morning. I'm pretty sure I went the, I think two days later. So nonetheless, I went there, hit it, worked there two months. One of the worst places I've ever worked in my life. But nonetheless, it's the success of the interviews. And so now, again, um, how, where, how well prepared was I with these interviews? Well, it was about me just being authentic. Very authentic. Very transparent. You know, Stephen Covey talks about this in his books, being transparent, showing them who you are and not being fabricated. 
right? Not memorizing verbatim. You know, I just had a wonderful, um, a wonderful, wonderful human being, uh, Brie, who's gone through hell like a lot of us do. And now she is getting ready to do a TEDx talk. And she was telling me, oh, with TEDx, we have to memorize the speech. I said, oh, hell no. I will never, ever, ever, ever do a TEDx ever. How would I memorize a speech? Is that ridiculous or not? That's the absolute don't of speeches in general. So, yeah, when it comes to TED Talks or TEDx, whatever you want to call it, no thank you. So, um, again, because if you memorize anything, you're not being authentic. It's fabrication. I got to be able to show my true colors and do it with storytelling. You know what I mean? It has, I have to be able to enter that flow state and that's what I do with interviews. So me that morning, man, after a workout, putting my suit on and this is the interview that I failed, you know, I ended up going to uh, this specific place, one of the longest, uh, what is it, the longest standing language centers ever. And so I go there and whatnot and, you know, um, this guy, super upbeat and everything, so exciting. You know, we talked about a variety of different things. We even talked about Bitcoin and this and that. But I think I did mess up on two occasions. I think in terms of my job, he's like, tell me about your job right now. See, I could have been a lot better. I had a lot of emotions bearing down on me with that particular job in terms of the disservice and in terms of them completely disrespecting me. And I shouldn't have said that. I should have been more upbeat and more positive. I should have said, yeah, you know what? So absolutely grateful for my job in terms of, you know, developing the specific skills needed to become an asset within a company. You know, learning the four skills, the TOEIC, TOEFL, IELTS, uh, academic writing, uh, business, presentations, conversa- creating a conversation course. Um, very grateful. And now it's time for me to take this up a notch. I feel that everything in Rangsit, I've achieved it. And now I'm heading into Bangkok here, most notably, to uh to conquer you know and so that would have made him laugh and that would have said wow this is a very ambitious guy but me i was like yeah well you know they're not really doing this and that see criticism about your last job is a big no-no all right and this is something that i am going to tell my student who's coming up in about one hour because i think we do have a tendency of holding a grudge against particular people and whatnot but we always have to acknowledge our positive past If it wasn't for that language center to bring me in in one of the most pinnacle moments of my life, who would I have or who will I have become to this day if I used the correct tense of future perfect, whatever you want to call it. So nonetheless, do you guys understand what I'm saying? So I'm going to go over this do's and don'ts list. So what we have, you can't lie, okay? Do not lie and make sure your mobile phone is off, completely off. As a matter of fact, let me give you one more. I failed miserably at an interview. Uh, I got interviewed for Caesars Palace Hotel out there in America. Me, I was just looking for money, and I needed quick money. My friend at the time, Susie, she said, hey, I could get you in for an interview. Got the interview in. Listen, I had to travel two hours to get there. No, I don't have a suit. I've never owned a suit. I could have had a tie, but I was already sweating. Okay, I could have updated my resume. Okay, that, that was a little bit lazy on my end. But me going in there and them completely judging me. And it's crazy because I just finished a one-year working holiday visa in, in, uh, what is it? In Australia. And none of that, all of that just went over their heads. So some Americans, especially in the hotel chains out there, they don't care about you being a travel enthusiast. And this is what resumes, 
this is why resumes should stand out, even if you're going to judge someone based on a resume, because, dude, guess what? I am, like, one of, like, I lived in Australia by myself. Whoa! Oh, my God. So tell me about that. They should have been like that. But then them, you know, two Mexican-Americans sitting there with straight faces and this big old fat, disgusting, Anglo-looking man just looking at me. I'm just, like, looking at him. I'm like, dude, this is a garbage environment. Yes, I had the opportunity to speak, and I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. You know, Caesar's Palace, you can kiss my ass, though. But, you know, this woman was standing outside, and I was basically going to have a job like her. She's like, yes, I love the benefits and the money. That's all she said. That's all she said. And I'm like, that's crazy. I went back home later. Susie contacted me and said, you didn't have a suit, you didn't have a tie, and, and your resume had, like, water on it or something like that. Okay, yes, the resume, it could have got, I could have done that much better. Okay, maybe I went in there with a little bit, little lack of days ago. I wasn't really prepared with that. But to judge a man based on a suit or a tie and not providing him anything before he goes there, it's a complete waste of time. She was like, oh, no bueno. No bueno means no good in Spanish. And I literally, like, I went off on her and I went off on this post and then that was the end. That was the end of the relationship. Because if you judge a man based on what he is wearing, you have lost that life. Why? You know what? I used to give a damn about what I used to wear four years ago. For interviews, yes. I wear my suits because I've invested hugely into suits. I still do what I do best, okay? I love dressing up, but guess what? Living in a sweltering climate and especially living in a country where it doesn't matter what you wear, it's all about the skin tone. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Do you understand where I'm going with this? Four years ago, I really thought investing into a wardrobe would have helped my chances of landing jobs and this and that, but it didn't. It didn't at all. What ended up happening was, hey, it just, it, it really didn't work whatsoever. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know what? I didn't change as a human being. The outer portion, okay, people looking at me from head to toe, but my mind still hadn't changed. So that's the most important aspect. If you're trying to get a job and they judge you based on what you're wearing, please stand up and walk right out. I remember seeing some videos with some uh, salespeople in Japan. You know, this guy's tie was just like less than a centimeter to the right. His boss came up to him, fixed it, and then he rubbed his face saying, oh, you didn't shave this morning. Oh, my goodness gracious. If someone ever did that to me. Oh my God, I'm going to talk about his mama, his daddy, his grandmama, his granddaddy. There's going to be F-bombs, B-bombs, S-bombs. Oh, I'm doing work on him or her. So let me regress a little bit. Do you guys understand that? So again, turning off your mobile. Now you know my interview stories. Let's get back into the do's and don'ts, okay? So yes, you need to find out where this place is beforehand and you need to show up early. I always get to interviews 30 minutes before, and I have no problem waiting in the lobby 30 minutes before. I say, hello, I have an interview at 9. I decided to come here early to beat traffic. If you judge me based on coming too early, bye-bye. Okay, that's just a broken philosophy, right? So luckily, I just don't do interviews anymore either. Nonetheless, do not read. Nonetheless, did I say none of the notes? Nonetheless, do not read your notes or your CV. Please don't, okay? I don't think anyone does. And do not memorize a goddamn thing. Be who you are, all right? So you need to find out what kind of interview it will be beforehand so you can prepare for it too. 
right? Be prepared for those, uh, not don't prepare the answers, but be prepared for the main questions such as why do you want this job? Refer to them. Remember with the cover letter, you have to refer to them what you could do in certain aspects of the company. You know, if you need an IELTS teacher in terms of doing this or this or this or this or this, these are the areas that I'm very, very good at. Show them that you're an asset in areas that they probably need help with, right? Now, again, yes, you could quote real examples from your life and certain skills that you have actually, you know, uh, that you've could, what is it, that you have done before. Like, I remember at the end of that Caesar's Palace interview, he was like, so who do you admire most? And I'm like, okay, well, this is like a childish question. And I was like, Dr. Cornell West. That was, that was the only person I knew. I didn't know Napoleon Hill and this and that. I didn't know any of those people. But now, of course, I do. So if they ask me, I'm going to say, well, you know what? I'm going to give my shout out to the man who has changed my life, Napoleon Hill, personal development, law of success, because dot, 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 got to blow their mind, right? Don't ask about the money, please, okay? If they ask you, okay. Now, remember I told you I had an interview at this dental practice uh, when I first came back from Australia in 2012. The HR manager looked at me and he said, um... Um, uh, Arsenio, so how much do you want? And I was like, dude, well, I'm trying to just get a job. I'm like, $12. He said, no, don't ever sell yourself short. And I was just shocked. He's like, I'm going to give you 15. I said, 25% more? Absolutely. But you know what? Now I never sell myself short ever again. There are, except, you know, when I, this lady who I live by, she was like, hey, can you teach my son? And I was like, okay, since he's a child, I teach him, you know, for this much. Then she dropped that by 40%. And then she expected me to be there all the time. So I just completely cut off that relationship. And now I never sell myself short. Now, of course, working at this place that I actually work at, oh, it feels like I am selling myself short here. But that's why I limit the amount of hours I have here. It's only for, of course, visa and work permit purposes only. Right? So do not ask for feedback on your performance at the interview. Do not, because you're going to put them in a very uncomfortable position. Now, they, they might say, oh, well, I really like this, but I didn't like you don't want to hear that face to face. Okay, let him or her, go, you know, sit down, have a coffee and figure out how it was. And if they call you back, hey, they call you back. If they didn't, it was completely meant to be. All right. Don't be late. Like I told you, get there 30 minutes early. Dress well, speak clearly, coherently, be bright attentive don't use slang words use a variety of complex structures if possible if you're a non-native english speaker show that you have a power of speech and you have the power of leadership and do not criticize former colleagues that's the ultimate that's that's it right there and if you blow that one and if you say anything that's it man you're gonna lose that they're not gonna call you and that's why i failed the interview uh, what is it, two years ago? Because I think I did say something in a negative way, a negative connotation. And then I also, he said, oh, well, you know, with corporate work, it's up and down. I'm wondering if that's okay with you. I'm like, hey, so since corporate work's up and down, I just want to make sure that I could keep one of my projects. Oop, boom, no, because now you're no longer putting them first. You're putting your priorities first. Those were two massive hiccups that I did, and that's why I did not get the job. So... With that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful ESL podcast. I am your host as always. I'm going to be 
of course, doing the next set of interviews on my Patreon. So make sure that you actually get this little bit on my Patreon and you're able to, uh, yeah, access it and hear some of the interviews, hear how people answer the questions, and so we could talk more about it. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful one. I'm your host, as always, over and out.